Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Say, si, senor. Dimly lit, lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, hump day, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Arguing about the vaccine. We've got to revive that song. Really? Still? Oh, can't believe it. You got to work outages. You got the cops being fired. You got teachers walking out of the classroom. Insanity. You got talk show hosts purposely getting the Chinese bat fever. Yeah, that's the most interesting one I've heard, getting a COVID on purpose. I haven't done that. Anyway, welcome to the day. we got news to catch, up, to catch you up on. Big finish here. Who's the talk show host who got it on purpose? That would be, uh, da, 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 what's his face? Prager? That's the one. Dennis Prager? <laughs> Dennis Prager, yeah. And he's uh, in his 70s, and he got it on purpose, which is... Uh, Coronavirus! I wouldn't do that, but... It just it seems idiotic, and he's a really smart guy. Yeah. We we have a very intelligent email on that topic uh, as part of mailbag coming up. Prager and what he did. Maybe but, he's in super duper good shape. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's still an insane gamble to take, given the safety of the vaccine. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What are you going to dress up for for Halloween? <laughs> I'm sorry. Has one of your kids wandered into the studio that I can't see? I just. I haven't dressed up for Halloween in a dog's age. <laughs> in a dog's age. I mean, uh, I don't, honestly, I can't remember the last time. Oh, I dressed up as a, like a, a master's caddy mm. uh, like a decade ago. Gotcha. That's a pretty good Judy, one, actually. Judy made the name for the back of it. I got the white jumpsuit, the towel, the, the range finder. There are some good, convincing. There are some good, easy, grown-up costumes like the, yeah, I haven't been to a, a, a grown-up Halloween party in many, many years, and I doubt I'll ever be to one again in my life. I doubt I'll ever be to an adult party again in my life, but um, uh, I had a friend who dressed as a backup quarterback. He just wore a football jersey and carried around a clipboard. <laughs> and that's a good one, because you don't have to look ridiculous. Which is the, really the key. As a guy, you don't want to... For a woman, it's all about how hot you can look for Halloween, sure. really, for the most part. Yeah, um, but a guy, you just, you don't want to, whatever, whatever's easiest. So a football jersey, which you probably own, and a clipboard. That's a good one, backup quarterback. Very popular costume this year, as you know, would be uh, the green Squid Game tracksuit, which I can now speak authoritatively about, because I watched an episode last night. You watched episode one of Squid Game, or did you jump one, into the middle? Just one. Okay. Just one. Uh, and then uh, part of the reason I just watched one uh, was Judy went to bed, and she wants to keep up with it, and I watched mm. the Chappelle special. Okay. So, because, you know, it's a very hot topic, obviously, and I wanted to be able to uh, discuss it not only on principle, but in fact. Well, good. So I, I am I up hear, on all the hot shows. I want to hear that. I just heard a CBS News report where they said employees at Netflix are walking off the job today because the offensive ne- the Netflix special by Dave Chappelle. 
Um, from what I read earlier this week, it was like a handful of trans activists that were walking off at Netflix. CBS made it sound like they're all the employees are walking out, which what is actually happening today? I don't know, but we'll try to get the details on that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, my still... first impression of the special is that $60 million he got paid, that's uh, a half a million dollars per N-bomb. As he... <laughs> oh, really? He drops them like November rain, I'm telling you. I still think this is a big deal on whether or not Netflix caves. Um, and if they hold firm, and like we talked about this yesterday, I'm not sure that means it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, an even thing. If he holds firm, I'm not sure that means much because Chappelle's rich. They invested a lot of money in him. His specials do really well. So I'm not sure that means anything for the future. But if they cave, that definitely means something. If they invest all that money in Dave Chappelle and they st- and as popular as his specials are, as much money as it makes him, and they still cave, that's bad news for everyone around the country. I would say so, yeah. We were we would definitely be on our back foot uh, in front of the the zealots, the oh, yeah. uh, the woke fundamentalists. Yeah. So I don't think we can gain ground, those of us who want to go back to normal, but we can certainly lose ground over this Netflix Dave Chappelle thing. Anyway, uh, oh, we got to officially start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Wednesday, October 20th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then let's swing into action officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. The Dems are in complete disarray. This uh, donkey on donkey fighting here is something to watch. I laughed out loud at that line. When I saw it on the news last night, donkey on donkey violence. It's almost <laughs> as if they're exchanging donkey punches. What? Am I wrong? What? I don't think what? I'm wrong. What? Huh? What? Hana? Hana? Wow. A phrase I learned on Jeopardy. You remember that clip? Um, speaking of back down, I feel like Southwest Airlines backed down on uh, the whole vaccine mandate thing. As they said, oh, we're not going to enforce that. Even though they were claiming that's not why they had a third of their flights canceled the weekend before last. They said it wasn't about the vaccine. They've all of a sudden backed off on that. And the rumor on the Twitter sphere was that's what happened that weekend. It was the pilots weren't going to work. Now you got L.A. is going to vote t- today on delaying their vaccination deadline for city workers with so many city workers saying, I ain't getting the vax. And uh, at least one police chief saying we're not going to enforce it. So, um, yeah. So there might be some backing down on that whole thing. You think? Now might be an appropriate time to play clip 20. This is Chicago Alderman Brian Hopkins. So we're short patrol officers where we've been unsuccessful, like jurisdictions all across the country, at recruiting young people to choose careers in law enforcement. We have retirements happening at an accelerated pace. We can't afford to lose a thousand police officers. We can't afford to fire a thousand police officers over an impasse like this right now. So I think the mayor is aware that she's in an untenable position, you know, as far as trying to bargain her way out of this. But frankly, she put herself in that position. Mm. And I think his description of the Chicago Police Department describes virtually every big city police department in America, not to mention the sanitation departments, education, you name it. So these cities thought that city employees would roll over and get the vaccination, but a lot of them aren't, and it looks like uh, the holdouts are winning the day with the airlines and uh, various city workers, would you say? Yes. Yeah, I would. It's it's a really interesting phenomenon to observe because I don't really have a strong position either way. I don't, I don't love mandates. I think the vaccine is safe. I got it. Happy to get it. I'm going to get a booster as soon as I can. 
And, you know, if, if, if you ask me to decide for y'all, I'd say, yeah, go ahead and get it. Um, but some people are adamant about it. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not going to make them get jabbed. Um, I'm no, I don't know if I'm going to get the booster. If somebody was here with it and could give it to me without having me having to schedule or drive anywhere, I would take it. Mm. But I don't. I just, I'm an anti-tasker on this one. I got a doctor's appointment next week. It's almost exactly at the six-month mark. He's probably going to tell me to get a flu shot, too. So I'm going to say, give me one in each arm, Doc. Start to jabbing. Let's get they gave him a big, fat shot in the ass. And- it's usually the arm, sir, but <laughs> either way. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's it's quite good. It's a very it's a varied. It's a it's a cornucopia of verbal delight. Wow, a cornucopia of verbal delight. Well, isn't yes, that sir. fantastic? <laughs> um, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. If you want to weigh in on anything, and we'll get a going. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, no! The left is eating its own again. Margaret Atwood, hero to the left for writing The Handsmaid's Tales, which is what the country is going to look like if Trump got another term. Trump practically instituted it, forced pregnancies and the rest. She sent out a tweet yesterday saying, what's this whole people with vagina? Why can't we say woman anymore? Oh, no! She has been called a turf. And She's the, a hater and a turf and, and a monster. And the left-wing Twittersphere has gone crazy on her now. Oh, no. What is one to do? <laughs> oh, jeez. You know, it's so Soviet slash, you know, Maoist China in that the, the, the official that is in the highest favor one minute is declared to be a counter-revolutionary two weeks later. And all of a sudden, they're up against the wall and the firing squad. And everybody's thinking, oh, what the hell happened? Why them? That's part of the reason. That's part of the idea of a dictatorship. Everybody's too terrified to speak out. That's wild. All yeah, right. Yeah. Here's your freedom loving quote of the day. Going back to our founding documents, inspired partly by our fabulous conversation with Tim Sandifer yesterday, available at ArmstrongandGetty.com. I believe it's a uh, labeled as an XL podcast. Uh, but we hold these truths to be self evident. Wrote Tom Jefferson. That all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So I was watching uh, Christopher Hitchens' uh, YouTube video about that the other day, because he wrote a book about Thomas Jefferson years ago, and talking about how, how radical that was at the time. Because at the time, everywhere in the world had been doing forever... You know, bloodlines as uh, as who's in charge, whether it's king or just the aristocracy being charged because, you know, your family's always been in charge, that sort of thing. Um, and right. Uh, and and or uh, the the legitimacy of the government was based on who had the most guys with swords. <laughs> yeah. But the idea that we all together decide who's going to be in charge if we don't like you, we can boot you out. Completely revolutionary idea. And that's that's what, uh, you know, really rattled people's chains around the world. And it has saved tens of billions of souls. And our friends in the universities want to tear it down and install uh, Marxism instead. It's it's obscene. It's horrific. Mailbag. Hey. This is exciting, Rach Mike. It's Joe's chance to be a victim. 
I'm sorry, it's actually Sarah writing that. Uh, she says, divesting uh, myself of my right-hand priv- privilege and standing with you lefties, I'm an ally. Click to Christopher Rufo, who's been so valuable in calling out a lot of the Wokshevik uh, mania. He tweeted, they're really trying to make critical hand theory. Right-handed no, privilege, so, this, right-hand bias. This one's got to be parody. How being a lefty taught me what I don't know about racism. This is right-handed. Gonna, check your privilege. This has got to be parody. Absolutely not. I'm looking at the articles right here. What? Oh, oh, listen, listen to you. Listen to your right-handed fragility, denying that it's a real thing that I'm oppressed. Unbelievable. I want you to claim you're not anti-left-handed. You need to be anti-anti-left-handed. I need to be actively pro-left-handed. Exactly. And you're not allowed to talk either. Only I get to talk because I just climbed to that top of the victim heap. Oh, yeah. Until some, you know, lefty of color comes along, then I got to shut up. Then some gay lefty of color comes around, and then he's got to shut up. And then a lesbian, obviously, trumps the gay person of color lefty. And I could go on, but I think you get the point. And if you were a trans female lefty. Hmm. Winner. Sing- chicken dinner. Single mom. I think you're at the top of the heap. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Clearly. What Dennis Prager did was just dumb, writes the always fascinating Kevin, who's uh, the data fiend who updates us on real COVID trends from time to time. Uh, on yesterday's show, you mentioned Dennis Prager announced he had intentionally gone out of his way to contract COVID after remaining unvaccinated because he preferred to have natural immunity. Natural immunity for COVID is a real thing. It is indeed stronger than solely vaccinated immunity based on the preponderance of scientific evidence. Uh, that's true, but it keeps going back and forth. But it's not an either-or dilemma. There's no reason to avoid the vaccine just to wait for natural immunity instead. In fact, given the nature of the COVID vaccines, uh, the, 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 everyone will get infected at some point. So whether you're vaccinated or not, will eventually you'll have natural immunity too. The difference is that if you're vaccinated first, you have much better odds of avoiding hospitalization or death. Mm. And he goes on with some detail. Um, at his age, um, he took uh, estimates vary, but for a 70 to 74 year old, healthy enough to be living out of a nursery home, that's Mr. Prager, the fatality risk from COVID is around 1%. It's not exactly Russian roulette, but it's a far cry from the multiple hundreds of thousands of one or hundreds of thousands to one risk uh, faced by younger people. So interesting. Uh, you do what you want. Stupid should hurt. And uh, he's a very smart guy, so I don't get it. Moving along. Mr. Casey near Portland writes, And this factors into some of the policies we're going to talk about later on in the show. I've lived in the Portland area since 1993. That's a good long run. In that time, I've seen a once beautiful city turned into a ghetto thanks to progressive politics. What's remarkable is the rapidity with with which the transformation took place. Mm. In short order, a once livable community has turned into a living hell. Then he talks about keep Portland weird, etc. Then last summer, the weirdness was supplanted by violent riots, which continued nightly for months with the help of ineffectual leadership that viewed him as progressive righteousness. As this was happening, the vagrant drug addicts began to infiltrate our city, unfettered under the guise of displaced human people. Progressively, the city showed compassion for these people through a policy of allowing free-range insanity. Today, Portland has become increasingly unlivable, over a thousand shootings, etc. Can't go downtown, no law and order. Yeah. And, uh, I saw Feature on uh, Seattle last night on the news. Uh, so schools were closed for like a year and a half, 
And during that period of time, the junkies moved in and set up camps along the uh, like bike paths and that sort of stuff leading to the school. So it's not school property, but it's all the nice uh, parkways and that sort of stuff leading to and from the school. Well, and it's obviously where lots of little kids are going to be every damn day. Well, it used to be. They don't go there now because uh, you know, parents are too uncomfortable to like have their kid ride down that bike path anymore or walk right. or whatever. And uh, the, the city says, they well, you can't do anything about it. It's not school property, and these people have to be somewhere. And so there you go. You We've lost ride, our minds. You can't ride your bike to school in a beautiful neighborhood anymore. I'm giving away civilization. It's just crazy. It's so freaking crazy. I try to stay calm about it because there's nothing you can do about it. It's happening where I live. It's happened where I live. Not happening. It's already happened. It's crazy. But it's yeah. just what it is. It's utterly unprecedented, too. No civilization in history has had that policy. Uh, San Antonio Dave writes on our incredibly popular Let's Go Brandon Armstrong and Getty t-shirts. <laughs> um, how is it that your Let's Go Brandon t-shirt doesn't have the Brandon the Breaking News donkey on it? When the news breaks, the donkey brays. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little confusing. That would be like a double reference. So nobody's trademarked that phrase yet? Of course, we um, can claim... I don't... We could claim uh, rightly that we're talking about Brandon the, the Breaking News Donkey, which has been it's been his name forever. Right there he is, good boy Brandon. Here's a carrot. <laughs> so anyway, order your T-shirt at ArmstrongandGetty.com. It did occur to me uh, yesterday that uh, the first, well, the initials of Let's Go Brandon are LGB. LGBTQ. Let's Mr. Prime Minister, I'm trying to make a joke here. Let's go Brandon till. Quiet. <laughs> LG. No? Probably better. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have been consistent in our approach with China. Uh, we welcome stiff competition, but do we not? We don't, do not want that competition to veer into conflict. When Jen Psaki says that we welcome competition, she makes it sound like we're talking about, you know, uh, iPhones or or rubber shower shoes or movies or something. This is China getting into hypersonic thermonuclear missiles. We should not be welcoming China to get us into a massive new arms race. It is a very weird signal to send, and it sends a bad signal when China is saber-rattling to say we're not taking it seriously, because that was a profoundly unserious thing to say. Yes, so when the White House is asked about the fact that China has tested a... A hypersonic missile. The answer is, we welcome the competition. (laughs) That is an odd thing to say. That is very weird. I'm not sure those quote-unquote signals ultimately mean much, but that's bizarre. Yeah, well, I don't know that it signals anything to China, but it signals something to me as an American citizen that you're not really taking this as seriously as you should. We welcome the competition yeah, what, from China. What a weird thing to say. Somebody's breaking into your house, Jack. I welcome the competition. <laughs> wow. Wow. So uh, I'm happy that Fox is always on the, 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 the threats, the military threats from around the world. But usually the other channels don't care. I saw CNN, Jake Tapper specifically, has been on this every day this week. There's only been two days, but um, on yesterday, he had the fact that North Korea claims they tested a hypersonic missile. Now, whether they did or not, don't know. It's possible they did. They've been way far more advanced on a couple of things than the world thought they were. 
Uh, but so China and Russian absolutely have these hypersonic weapons, which the expert on Jake Tapper yesterday I thought was really good on saying these things are virtually impossible to detect and shoot down. That's what people need to know. You can put a nuclear weapon on top of them, and we can't detect or shoot them down before they get here. Wow. That's a big Chilling. big deal. It is a major change in the balance of power around nuclear weapons, and there's a chance North Korea's got it. And then for Jen Psaki to say we welcome the competition is just, I, I hope that that's just clown language, and behind the scenes they're taking it completely as seriously as they should be. Yeah, I have a feeling they just said, all right, let's keep it cool. We don't want to raise tensions. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with something kind of neutralish to say. And they just made a terrible choice. Well, by the way, just give them a lot of credit based on their, uh, the way they've handled other things. But well, yeah, that's just, that's the only possible explanation I can come up with for saying something that's so utterly idiotic. It's worth pointing out, by the way, that, uh, if increasingly thin fathead up in North Korea says he tested one, that doesn't mean he tested one successfully. Got a hit, bit of a history of things going sideways there. Right. But uh, not to be underestimated, though. Um, uh, One more thing. So different topic. Uh, so maybe Joe can decide how far we want to get into this. We've been staying away from this story. This is real inside uh, Beltway stuff. But in case you're like a talk radio junkie, news junkie, and you've been following any of the stuff with the... Uh, the, the the Democratic committees are subpoenaing people from the Trump administration who are not who are saying they're not going to show up and testify. Here's what's being left out of all the cathedral coverage on this thing for the big January 6th insurrection committee around the right. January 6th thing. Yeah, right. uh, here's what's being left out of your corporate media coverage. The last several administrations have denied these uh, subpoenas also. This is not a brand new thing that Trump officials are not say they're not going to show up when they've been subpoenaed. Uh, Obama-era officials did not show up either. Do you remember when the sitting attorney general defied a subpoena and then there was a vote to be held in contempt? There's a, there's talk this week about that. They're going to do that around Steve Bannon. He'll be held in contempt. Oh, whoop the freaking do. So I just want to let you know, if you're following, if you're not following this story, don't waste your time being brought up to speed. It's a, it's a red herring of life. It's just not worth knowing about. But the freaking sitting attorney general under Obama denied a subpoena, got held in contempt. And how many people gave a crap? Nobody. It means nothing. Now, I'm not happy that Congress is now so toothless that when they subpoena somebody, people can say, oh, yeah, F you. And yeah, I don't want to. And get away with it. I, I don't think that's cool. But what the Trump people are doing is not new. It's happened several administrations in a row. Right, right. Yep, worth mentioning. Eric and I, Holder. There, and there's several other people around Fast and Furious that didn't show up for subpoenas when they were subpoenaed, too. So it's just, it's, it's not a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the workings of the uh, Biden administration, uh, turning to the domestic front, uh, President Biden told the Democrats during a private meeting yesterday that he believed he could make a deal on the new gin- ginormous turn us into France proposal somewhere between one and three quarters and two trillion dollars. But keep it under two. The early outline uh, was meant to broker a truce. Of course, how many paragraphs do I have to get into it? Before they mention a single damn thing in it. Um, so well, it's down it, paragraph five. It seems that it's a given that this, what they're calling universal pre K, but it's actually just paid childcare, mm-hmm. 
for four-year-olds is going to happen universally across the country. No means testing. Not that I'm a big fan of means testing, but um, it's kind of weird that we're going to be paying for child care for everybody's kid in the whole country. Right. For a year. But Well, well we're just redistribu- redistributing income because the person who does that gets a chunk of it, gets I, I, a percentage. I think, I think a lot of people... Because this hasn't been debated. We're not handling this the way you should handle these issues. This hasn't been debated. I don't think most people know what this is. They think it's an added year of school that is going to make their kid uh, more successful in school. That is not what's happening. No. No, there's no evidence that pre-K does anybody any good. Reading to your kid, talking to your kid, pointing out flowers and plants and birds, that does your kid good. But sitting in some room somewhere, that's fine. It's neutral. It's just child care. Except for it costs something. Right, exactly. And the government is going to pay for it, which means the taxpayer. Right, and it will be unresponsive, it will be expensive, it will be directed toward cronies, it will be, you know, it'll be a, a rip-off. Uh, let's and see, so child. Here, and it'll be here forever. Mm-hmm. It'll become part of the culture. Sure, yeah. If uh, if ever there are, well, and there will be terrible budgetary problems, and you say, well, we got to end this because it really doesn't do kids any good. It's just child care. People will scream, how can you balance the budget on the backs of young parents, blah, blah, blah. It's a scam. So uh, what that $1.9 trillion is going to buy you, at least some expansion of Medicare to offer new benefits to seniors, universal pre-K, which is child care, and many billions of dollars to address ch- climate change uh but they say they still have to uh, work out the details. So strange to start with the total. Yeah, uh, and everybody from right-wingers to AOC has have pointed that out. Yeah, we're, we're talking about the total, but not what's in it. Like you, you've said about coming to your wife. I've got an. Uh, we're going to buy something. It's going to be thirty thousand dollars. What are we buying? Well, let's, let's worry about that a different time. But are you cool with $30,000 or do you think $28,000? Well, see, what, are, what are we buying? Are we buying a house or a horse or a, a piece of jewelry? or a, what are well, we No, no, that would be a sane conversation. The conversation is, I think we should spend 30000 Judy says that's too much. Twenty two five, Right. And I right. say, well, I can see twenty nine, but I'm not going to go lower than that. And we go on and on and on. And the topic of what we're buying never comes up. <laughs> that's that's a, what's happening. Yeah, that's, that's a better example. You come and say, I think we should spend $30,000. She says, that's outrageous. 28's as high as I'll go. And neither one of you would mention what you're talking about. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I know it. I know it's just crazy. Uh, let's see. They're talking about the p- potential elimination of a proposal that would have provided universal free community college. Instead, Democrats appear to be eyeing a different proposal that might provide more limited scholarships. I think that one. I, I think the argument for that one is better than the than the four year old universal child care. You could make the argument. I'm not sold on it, but you could make an argument that. We have uh, gone past K through 12. Do we need basically K through 13? We need one more year of something or other more directed at a job or something. You could you could convince me of that, I think, if you had the right statistics. Yeah, if you assume that public education is a good thing and we definitely want it, uh, government education, I should say. Um, yeah, you could make the argument that, yeah, it's, it's a different economy. You need a couple of years of advanced training minimum. But the, yeah, year, on the, fine. the year on the front end is not education. It's just child care. So that right. one I have a real problem on. Right. Well, and, and I am not a great fan of government education at no. this point. I think no. it's, it's crappy. There's way, way, way too much bureaucracy between consumer and provider. 
Um, and so it's unresponsive. It's it's mobbed up. It's it's just terrible. I, you know, going to compulsory, quote unquote, free college. What kind of education would that be? Uh, pretty bad, I'm guessing. Yeah. Of course, of course, you know, if they're going to be indoctrinating your kids into wokeshivism, uh, maybe I'll be glad that it's bad. It'll be ineffective indoctrination. Anyway, what is with Kanye West's masks? Have you seen these? I have not. You haven't seen the mask. You should Google I, that. It's I, weird, dude. I don't think I have. I don't pay a lot of attention to Kanye. Uh, I uh, The only reason I saw the picture, I heard about it and thought, and eh, whatever, Kanye's weird. Then I saw the picture and thought, that's extraordinarily weird. And he changed his name. I think, I think he's going to end up dead one of these days, and everybody's going to say, all this was not a joke. All this stuff was for real mental illness not just like to get attention or i'm an artist oh right oh i definitely agree yeah uh anyway that's uh, not our headline today oh neil cavuto uh had the covid or has the covid of fox news he's vaccinated has the covid it says he's okay so there you go yeah he has ms correct no that's uh, no? John, john king from uh cnn I thought Cavuto thought he had MS at one point a couple of years ago. Oh, that could be. I don't know. John King on CNN came out yesterday and said he's had been battling MS for 12 years and uh, has gotten to the point he's not sure he can continue doing his job. Huh. Uh, Let's do that. Oh, that's a rough. That's a rough diagnosis there. Um, A bunch of other stuff. We'll get to our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You can join in the conversation or, you know, point out something we missed if you want to. Oh, Oh, an In-N-Out shut down in the Bay Area because they didn't follow vaccination guidelines. Is this coming to your town? This means war. (laughs) All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Indoor dining has been temporarily closed at an In-N-Out burger in San Francisco over COVID-19 protocols. The San Francisco Department of Public Health says employees at the Fisherman's Wharf location were not properly checking proof of COVID-19 vaccination from customers. And because of that, the department temporarily closed the restaurant altogether. The restaurant has since reopened except for indoor dining. In a statement, In-N-Out says the store properly and clearly posted signage to communicate local vaccination requirements, but it continued to say the company fiercely disagrees with any government dictate that forces a private company to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. I think they just don't want their employees at the In-N-Out to have to deal with it. Uh, in the, the statement from In-N-Out, which is a burger chain if you in part of the country where they don't have In-N-Out, uh, the company said it's unreasonable, invasive, and unsafe to force our restaurant associates to segregate customers into those who may be served and those who may not, whether based on the documentation they carry or any other reason. No, um, that's crazy. Oh, my God. Uh, in the real world, which is where, you know, lefty politicians rarely venture, that would be chaos. Terrible. Have those kids trying to enforce that. <sighs> yeah. So San Francisco is one of the places, only only a couple of places in the whole country where you have to show your vaccine card to go in and eat. I don't get it. So some narc, who are you, narc, who called the 311 line because you saw somebody come in and not get checked to show their card? Then don't eat out. If you're so freaking concerned about it, don't eat out. Or eat at a restaurant where they do check the cards. Wouldn't it work out that way? If Wouldn't there be enough restaurants to say, we don't let anybody in unless they show their vaccine card? And then you'd get 
flooded with business and other businesses would say, well, we should do that, too, because they're getting all the business. Uh, let, let the free market work it out that way, as opposed to because I, I got to believe the vast majority of people, even in San Francisco, I'm vaccinated. If I'm worried about it, I'm not going into it in and out. I'll do the drive through. I'll do the drive through. If I'm not into it, if I'm not worried about it, I'll, uh, I'll go out and eat. There is so much of the response to this thing, the Chinese bat fever, that we're going to look back on. Well, we don't have to look back. I'm looking directly at it and realizing this is uh, mumbo-jumbo. It's superstition or it's uh, utterly unnecessary. It's just paranoia. Mask mandates and uh, vaccine mandates have been a flashpoint for restaurants throughout the pandemic, including some San Francisco Bay Area owners that made headlines for defying public health orders. In Mendocino, beautiful town, Northern California, Hard to get to. That's one of the reasons it's so beautiful. A now-closed cafe went viral for charging customers who wear face coverings a fee. I don't <laughs> I don't agree with that. I don't think I should have to pay extra if I decide I want to wear a mask. That's the opposite uh, of what I'm saying. Oh, boy. But, well, can everybody just calm down? I know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, that reminds me. Such a good, uh, such a good and interesting article. Um, this uh, I, I mentioned it yesterday, but there's a lot more to it. About this uh, journalist who's been living in Germany for the last, uh, I can't remember, six months, something like that, uh, did the first, uh, like, 15 months of the pandemic in the U.S., then went to Germany and um, and has observed a com- not a complete absence of the tribal, irrational stuff, but much, much, much less polarized approach to virus mitigation. Um, and, and she talks about why, and one of the main factors is that... Um, they don't have anything. Donald Trump. Well, yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Um, but they don't have a, a clickbaity media in the same way that we do in the in the states. Their media is much more restrained, I guess. And so the either terrify people into wearing a mask outdoors alone, or convince them that the vaccine is an implant uh, sent from Satan or 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 Joe Biden or both. Um, they just they don't have that. Uh, there are far, far fewer fear-stirring articles or segments in the national press or broadcast news here about, say, the potential risk that the coronavirus poses to children. And this this uh, this uh, uh, reporter's a lefty, but has plenty of criticism for the American left. The overall effect is of an environment set to a lower temperature, far closer to normalcy, where the public space is not forever on the verge of flaring into a divisive battleground of signaling judgments and resistance. And he talks about, you know, people have their mask off until they come into a high-density area indoors. Then they put it on, then they take it off again. Um, uh, Meanwhile, the reports keep coming from what looks like an ever more inflamed landscape back home. Incidents of resistance rage. People arrested at the airport. Officials in high-transmission areas barring mask mandates in schools, while officials in low-transmission areas require children to wear masks, even outdoors. Yeah. I, was in a, I, I somehow ended up in a group of people that were super into masks yesterday outside. Uh, it was it was weird. Like, I, is this is this last year or is this, did something happen? I don't know about every adult and child was wearing a mask all of a sudden. And this group I was around at the park and there was this one dad and his kid riding their bike along the bike path, riding around with their masks on riding bikes. That's insane. It's, it's a superstition. It's a <laughs> religious don't... practice. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch but... me outside. But you can't. You really can't, even if you wanted to. Maybe at a crowded football stadium. Maybe. 
when the drunk's babbling at you, I can't believe they stay with this quarterback. And it's, it's a spray is going all over your face. Awesome. Maybe, Dr. Cardi, maybe you could get it then. But even then, it's probably a one in a hundred shot. Unfriggin' believable. What's the matter with people? When I was at the Giants-Dodgers game a couple weeks ago with my son, he really enjoyed a really drunk guy who took off his shirt and danced around a yes. great deal. Found that very entertaining. Speaking of drunk guys at a sporting event. You remember when that guy passed out in our laps at a Carolina Panthers I game? Told my, I told Sam that story because he said, <laughs> what's the funniest thing you've ever seen a drunk guy do at a sporting event? He asked me. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know if this was funny or not, but a guy once passed out right in my lap with his head, like right in my lap, staring right, right up at my face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I remember I was like, hey, what's up? And you're like, get the F off me, you drunken loser. Very hostile. Poor fella had fallen asleep. So if you are uh, take off your shirt, you're bare-chested, even though it's 58 degrees outside, you're dancing around, you're on the jumbotron, everybody's watching you and everything like that. Security is not doing anything, but there's a bunch of them nearby because they think there's a chance you might do something. Mm. Um, uh, are, are, do you wake up the next day like, oh, that was awesome, or are you, oh, I got to take a look at myself? Which do you think it is? I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, what do you guess? I don't have the slightest impulse to do that. Do you think that guy the next day thought, I am just the life of a party? Or, I'm, oh I'm my thinking, God, what's wrong with me? No, I think he's the first guy. I think he's pleased with himself. <laughs> he was pushing, pushing 60, probably. I want to kiss you. Oh, boy. <laughs> no one to say when, folks. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.